Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I have so much to share with you today. I've recently returned home from a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. Now, I have been blessed to travel to Medjugorje four times since 2017. The first time that I traveled over there, I never imagined how Medjugorje would seep into my soul and how I would feel called to go back time and time again. Each pilgrimage is a different experience, and each one has different graces and blessings. Yet each time I go, I feel like I'm returning home. I feel like I'm returning to something that's familiar, safe, and welcoming. And that's because when you go to Medjugorje, that's where you find the Blessed Mother. Now, Medjugorje is a tiny village in the middle of Bosnia-Herzegovina. You may have heard of it. Traveling to and from Medjugorje literally takes 24 hours. You have several flights, a long flight, short flights, layovers. And then once you finally land in Croatia, there's a three-hour bus ride from the airport. So it's a long and exhausting journey. And let me be honest, it takes a while to recover once you get back home. But my friends, it is so, so worth it. I want to give you just a little history of the apparitions. So Medjugorje, which literally means between the hills, has become well-known. Six young people claim to have seen visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary beginning on June 24th, 1981. <clears throat> so these apparitions have been going on for over 40 years. Now, the Blessed Mother told the visionaries that God sent her to the world to help convert hearts, to help lead lives back to her son. So Our Lady's messages are about peace, love, faith, conversion, prayer, and fasting. Each person is challenged to listen to Our Lady's call so that we can take those messages, apply them to each of our lives and to our hearts so that we can grow closer to her son, Jesus. The apparitions, like I said, have been going on for over 40 years, and they are continuing to the present day. Millions of people from around the world have visited Medjugorje. They go in search of spiritual renewal, healing, 
and to be part of what is going on in that tiny village. The Catholic Church has appointed a commission to study the apparitions and the fruits of what's happening in Medjugorje and all that is going on around them. Now, as with anything, there has been controversy about the apparitions and their validity for years. You only have to scroll on social media, Google it, to see all kinds of objections and doubts. As you probably know, the enemy likes to create division, and his job is to plant seeds of doubt, to create confusion and conflict between people so that they argue back and forth. So, of course, the enemy is constantly trying to poke holes in what is happening in Medjugorje. But here's what I will tell you. Don't make a judgment until you go. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Medjugorje is a very special and holy place. It's a place that's set aside for the Virgin Mary to share important messages for our world. It's hard to dispute the conversions that happen there on a daily basis, the fruits that come out of the sacraments, the fruits that come out of praying the rosary and being together with other pilgrims. So let's talk about what is a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a journey, but it's very different than a trip. There's a big difference between a pilgrimage and a vacation. Each year, my husband and I, we always enjoy time on the beach to get away from the hustle and bustle of our daily lives so we can relax and recharge. The similarities between a pilgrimage and a vacation are that you do step away from the demands of your everyday life, and it is a time of renewal But this sort of renewal that comes from a pilgrimage is very different. Like I shared earlier, the trip to get there is not easy. Spending hours cramped in a seat on a plane with very little legroom, busy airports with lots of hurrying and waiting can really take a toll on you. It's not comfortable. So why do I keep going back time and time again? It's because I'm invited and not other pilgrims, but by the Blessed Mother. If you've never experienced this, then it may sound odd or not make much sense, but you know in your heart when the Blessed Mother calls. The first time I went in 2017, I had this deep desire in my heart to go. I felt like the Blessed Mother was calling me, but I couldn't figure out how to make it happen. My husband and I had planned to travel to Ireland with two of our sons and other family members that summer, which was a huge financial commitment. I can remember having this desire in my heart to go to Medjugorje and sitting in the church and just saying to the Blessed Mother, if you are truly calling me, then you will work out the details. And sure enough, due to some unexpected job shifts that involved bonuses, The Medjugorje trip that fall after our Ireland vacation, it just easily worked out. So when the Blessed Mother calls, all of the details seem to work out. On this past pilgrimage, I had some friends who 
joined me and they asked me what to expect, what they should expect on this pilgrimage. Because when you read about Medjugorje, you read about these conversions and healings and all of these amazing things that happen. And they do happen. But I always tell people who are going that your best bet is to go with zero expectations. If you go over there expecting a healing or expecting some huge sign or revelation, you're often disappointed. If you go with zero expectations, then you're opening yourself up to allowing God to heal what needs to be healed, to fill you with whatever it is that He wants you to have. So I tell people, go with no expectations. Number two, I tell them, just open your heart to God's plan for your pilgrimage. Allow God to be in the driver's seat. Allow Him to show you where to go and what to do and to place opportunities and people, um, conversations in your path. And then number three, I always encourage people to allow their journey without comparing it to someone else's. When you begin to compare your journey with someone else's, it's easy to think that they are receiving more graces or more blessings. And so when you just allow your journey to be with no expectations and your heart is open to God's plan, to where the Blessed Mother wants to lead you, that's when your pilgrimage becomes fruitful. Let's talk about the fruits of Medjugorje. The first one is that there have been so many priest vocations to come out of Medjugorje. Either men hear their call to become priest to their vocation, or priests have gone over there and it's been an opportunity for them to be fortified and strengthened in their priesthood. They are doing some research now and interviewing priests and collecting stories. And there are thousands of them of how many priests have either heard their call to the priesthood or Medjugorje has been a turning point in the priesthood for their ministry. Another fruit that comes out of Medjugorje is confession. And The confessionals in Medjugorje, they almost look like a horse stall with all of these little rooms. And because there are pilgrims from all over the world, priests hear confessions in many different languages. As you prepare for confession, you look for a priest that speaks your language. So you look for the English-speaking priest and that there are probably 15 or 20 little confessional stalls when those have been full. So then priests just sit around the courtyard on benches in chairs, and you are surrounded by people from around the world going to confession. And many times these confessions are very different than what we experience at home. Some of these confessions are lifetime confessions or 20, 30-year confessions. And the confessions seem so much deeper. 
Medjugorje is actually known as the confession capital of the world. These confessions are very powerful, and they're part of that conversion. The Blessed Mother calls us to confession so that we can leave behind sins, habits, all of those things that separate us from her son so that we can grow closer to him. So the priestly vocations, the confessions, those are some of the fruits from Medjugorje. Another is daily Mass. Experiencing daily Mass in a packed church. And it's very interesting because in St. James Church, each day there's a Mass starting at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12. And so as One group is leaving. Another group is literally pushing in to get seats for the next Mass. At times, daily Mass is so crowded. People are standing. They're sitting in the front. You are packed in like a concert or like a ball game. And on the altar, there are so many priests who come to celebrate. They've led groups. They're part of groups. And so... You can see 15, 20, 25 priests on the altar at one time can celebrating Mass. And so daily Mass is a huge part of life in Medjugorje. Then in the evening, there is a program which truly is the heart of Medjugorje. It begins with the rosary. And imagine gathering with thousands of people and when I say that, at times there are two, three, four thousand people gathered behind the church praying the rosary together, praying it in different languages, singing the Ave Maria and the Marian songs. Then after the rosary, there's the international mass. But between the two of those, there's this pause where the entire village of Medjugorje goes silent And that's when the daily apparition happens. doesn't always happen on the church grounds, but it's happening in the homes or the chapels of the visionaries. A couple of nights a week after the International Mass, there is Eucharistic adoration. And again, imagine thousands of people from around the world sitting in the silence, adoring Jesus in the Eucharist in a huge monstrance. It is so powerful. Then on Fridays, there's the veneration of the cross. So these are just a few of the things that are happening each day um, in the sacramental life of Medjugorje. Another fruit, another thing that draws you to Medjugorje is the faith of the people who live there. The area around the village of Medjugorje has been part of some major conflicts over the years. They have been oppressed. They have been under the control of communism. And the country was pretty much shattered during the Bosnian War. Yet the people in this village always remained faithful. They never doubted God. They never doubted their faith. They lived their faith. Church was the center of their lives. Going to Mass, praying, praying the rosary. It was the the core of who they are. 
And as you go to Medjugorje and you participate in all of the different activities, that faith just seeps into everything. Now, here are three things that I wanted to share with you about my experience from Medjugorje. One of the things the Blessed Mother talks about is having this sense of peace, having a sense of peace in your heart, having peace in the world, um, having peace in your families. I was thinking about peace, and the word that kept coming up for me was tranquil, that there's this sense of tranquility and Medjugorje that is really hard to feel when you're at home, when you're living your everyday life and you have the demands of work and family and and just the pressures of the world. So there's this sense of tranquility. There's this harmony between um, your life and the sacraments and your prayer time. It's almost like you're free from agitation in your mind. Things You have more clarity. Your spirit feels freer. And even though there's conflict and turmoil in our world and in your families, you can feel this tranquility because you know you're in a place where you're going to receive graces, you're going to receive blessings, and you are able to connect with the Blessed Mother and with Christ on a whole different level. There's this tranquility that you feel that you want to take home with you. You don't want to leave that tranquility and Medjugorje. I'm always searching for how do I bring that back home? How do I bring it home in my prayer life, in my family life, in my marriage? You want to continue to feel that. And then the second thing, everything seems to be magnified in Medjugorje. And a perfect example is we always talk about the birds seem louder. Their songs seem to penetrate your heart. They seem clearer. Um, your faith in Medjugorje is magnified. It seems sweeter and more intense, more emotional. Another example are the songs at Mass. They are so simple, yet you feel them in the core of your heart. The words have a different meaning. You just feel them on a different level. And then the third thing is joy. It was interesting because each pilgrimage that I've been on has had a different theme. And this pilgrimage, the theme was joy. And it was so interesting from the way that the people in our group connected There was so much joy within our group. There was so much laughter and conversations, which was so interesting because there were a lot of widows in this group. There were a lot of widows who were grieving and suffering and coming to Medjugorje for healing, but yet there was this intense joy that can only come from a relationship with Christ, that can only come Once you know the Lord, and even though there was still grief, there was this intense joy. When we were there, we were invited to a private apparition. And all of the apparitions, the messages that the Blessed Mother gives, are not always translated and shared with the pilgrims. Some of them are 
simply private. And so Maria was having an apparition, and we were invited to be there during this apparition, and then she was going to share the message from the Blessed Mother. And if you've ever looked at the messages, sometimes they can be lengthy, and sometimes they are very short and to the point. This was one of those messages that was very brief. And the the message that Mary gave us on that day was simply, go in joy. Go, I in joy. And that was so appropriate for what our group of pilgrims was experiencing, to go in joy. And it seemed to be the theme that we heard all week long. We met this amazing little Irish priest, Father Michael, and our whole entire group went to him for these amazing, powerful confessions. And in fact, going to confession with him, you would probably wait in line for two, three hours. Some of the people in our group waited for a couple of hours only to um, have to go back the next day and wait again because his time was up in the confessional. And so as we met Father Michael one day out in the village, we asked him to give us a blessing. And he said to us that you have to have a balance in your life, a balance between family, work, and recreation, that you have to make sure your life is filled with joy. And he said, we often overdo it in one area where we spend too much time on our family or too much time at work, or we focus on recreation too much. And he said to make sure that you give the same amount of time and attention to each area of your life so that you can create more joy. And another interesting thing or kind of funny thing he said, if you are happy, if you are living a life and you feel joy, then to be sure to tell your face. And he said so many people walk around with sour faces that if you feel joy, if you feel happy, then make sure your face shows it. Make sure you are showing up as joy in the world. So those are just a few takeaways that I have from Medjugorje is this sense of tranquility. Everything is magnified and that this past pilgrimage, we had this theme of joy in all of our interactions, and everything we experienced, there was this intense joy. We also received another message. This is the monthly message on the 25th. Um, This was a message given to Maria, and this message was, Dear children, I am calling all of you to be carriers of the peace and joy of the risen Jesus for all of those who are far from prayer that the love of Jesus through your lives may transform them to a new life of conversion and holiness. Thank you for having responded to my call. One of the things that Mary refers to a lot in her messages is conversion. As I close this show, and I'm, there's going to be a couple of other shows, there's so much to share with you about Medjugorje, and it's so powerful— But as I close this one, I want to talk about conversion and what does it mean. When the Virgin Mary talks about conversion, she means leaving sin and selfishness behind so that you can create a God-centered, 
a peaceful prayer life. And profound conversions take place in Medjugorje, but it isn't supposed to end there. A true conversion is an ongoing process that happens over time. In fact, your life becomes a process of conversion as you purify and perfect your soul. The Blessed Mother is a great example and mentor for each of our conversions. Through her intercession, through her um, being a perfect role model, she will always guide our conversions. She will always point us to her son. In a message on February 25th in 1993, she says, You cannot say that you are converted because your life must become a daily conversion. In order to understand what you have to do, pray, and God will give you what you have to do and where you have to change. I am with you and place you all under my mantle. And so the Blessed Mother is calling each of us to this conversion where we come to know her son on a deeper, more intimate level. Everything that happens in Medjugorje, it's not necessarily about the Blessed Mother. She's the reason that most of us go. She calls us so that we can connect with her. But every connection that we make with the Blessed Mother points in the direction of her son. Everything that happens in Medjugorje points to Jesus. The sacraments, the Holy Mass, Eucharistic adoration, confessions, climbing Cross Mountain or Apparition Hill, those are all ways of conversion and ways of drawing you closer to Jesus. So as we wrap up today, and like I said, I have much more to share with you about Medjugorje, let's end with the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.